I am unashamed. What about you? So this last week uh, that we had announced on here uh, on the podcast that you and mom had been working across the river uh, at a at one of our locations over there, which is right next to the college campus. And so y'all been over there about three years doing good work, both in the community and also just kind of being a place for people to come to. They want to hear the gospel. So we moved you guys back over to WFR. And so it was your first Sunday, uh, this last Sunday. I happened to be preaching as well. So it was great. And you kind of have two in, in churches. There's kind of two launch points. You have the new year because people are thinking about, you know, New Year, January 1st. And then you also have the 1st of September because school's back, people are back home from vacation. So it's kind of a launch time. And uh, we had a lot of people there that listen to the podcast. And, uh, Jace, the ones that you had that T-shirt, that they had homemade T-shirts that said, uh, no skeletons in Jesus or whatever it was. And what was that statement? No skeletons? With Jesus, I think. There was, there was another or maybe it said slogan. Jesus, no skeletons. I came up. Yeah, check my messages that I sent myself. So that family was there, and uh, she had a shirt. She, she walked up. I didn't know they were the same ones that had met Jace earlier, and had a T-shirt that said "Unhinged and Unashamed." And I was a. I looked at her. I was walking out of the door. I just kicked off your class, and I said, "You've come to the right place, girl." There was about three hundred who were converted <laughs> across the river over there. So now we're back at White's Ferry Road proper, yeah, right next to it. Our main campus. So it starts about 9 <clears throat> o'clock. If any of y'all are interested, you want to drive down, people from all over the world have shown up. You yeah. Know. yeah, we encourage you to come and visit us. Uh, Dad's got this class. We call it the Unashamed Bible Study. Yeah. No skeletons in the closet or the grave <laughs> in Jesus. Oh, there you it go. Yeah. Jace original. <laughs> and you know how I know that? I sent myself a message. <laughs> So I have that documented. <laughs> well, if you understood a cell phone, you could do that. Yeah, that's the you, you're, that's the first step towards dementia when you that. start texting yourself because you can't remember any other way. That's the first yeah, step. He's showing me the downside of not having a cell phone. <laughs> yep. So so uh, anyway, yeah, it's an unashamed Bible study, and so we do it every week. Dad's he rarely goes anywhere, so he'll, he'll be doing it every week. He just you know talks about whatever's going on in his life, and of course, it always links back to the gospel. So we encourage you guys if you ever come to visit us, and we'll have people that'll guide you where you need to go. So we go over into the to the service, which is after the Bible class, and so I'm about to get up and preach, and we have we videotape our announcements, and so in the announcements, there's a, one of our sisters and her daughter were doing the announcements. And so she's doing the thing where she says, we're so excited to have, you know, Phil and Kay Robertson back over in the, on our main campus uh-huh. today. So it, so y'all made the announcements, which I, so I thought that was comical. So when I got up, mom was sitting over here on the front left and she had her little troop, you know, her entourage that she runs with. And uh, I said, well, mom, you made the announcements. That's pretty impressive. And you're here. And of course, you know, mom. And I said, well, why don't you stand up, you know, and let people recognize. So mom stands up and look, she was doing the queen wave, yeah. you know, to the, and everybody's clapping and cheering, you know? So I thought that was pretty cool that, yeah. you know, that's how much people love y'all, you know, and look, y'all kind of been from our perspective in the wilderness for three years. And now you're back in the, back in the main campus, which is good. A lot of the ones well, converted over on the other side of the river. And came with it. Came with you. Came, came, Speaking came of uh, memory yeah, loss and having trouble remembering, because <laughs> I, I know I'm getting I, that. I guess I just triggered a, a memory. No, from my mom, who, you know, <laughs> half the story she tells now, I'm like, 
I'm not sure that's exactly how that went down. <laughs> but since I'm headed there myself, so I had an embarrassing moment yesterday. Because this is a story I shared before. And, I mean, now hindsight's twenty twenty, I think. <laughs> that was a joke. But I, you remember the day that I couldn't figure out what was wrong with my seatbelt? Because I had gotten a bag of dog food and I had put it in the passenger seat. Yeah. Well, yesterday, I'm I'm going from I had picked up some bottles of water cases because you know in where in our hometown you can't drink the water. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it sounds like a third world country, and I apologize for everyone who. And that's why every store you go in, if you notice, there's cases of bottled water. Oh, I know. Because this you is... ha- you're right. I hadn't drank the water. So in all these people are listening to the podcast, and they're coming down to get baptized. I got two recommendations: <laughs> BYOW. And hold your breath when you're baptized, which would be the perfect place to go. But we just don't want you to intake that. So we were out of water, and you know we have a little baby, so they got a bottle of water, and it can't distilled water. Yeah, Yeah, and you. So I make a water run. Well, here's the embarrassing part, and you got to be willing to laugh at yourself. I think, and and because of our weaknesses, and one of my weaknesses is I can't remember anything. So I'm driving back from the store. I got all this water, and my seatbelt thing keeps going off. And I'm like, I have my seatbelt on. So I unclicked it. You know, I take it out. And, of course, the timing of this is is incredible because I'm sitting here risking my life trying to get my seatbelt because it was just, bang, 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 bang. you know, now they got these cars now where, oh, you're going to wear the seatbelt or just die of you annoyance. You can't ignore it. Yeah. Well, you either do this or go to the psychiatric ward because you can't get this sound out of your head. And I fool with that thing all the way. And so when I turn into our subdivision where well, there's a cop there, well, when I look up, I'm like, it looked like I was going to put my seatbelt on. Oh, because I see the police. I'm only going to put it. And he points at me. And I thought, <laughs> I didn't have time to roll down my window and say, hey, I, the seatbelt <laughs> sound will not quit going off in my ears. And so finally, when I pull up, I'm like, there's something. I got to get this looked into. And then I realized I have two cases of water in the passenger seat. This stupid the sensor thinks that there's a person right. sitting in the seat. Right. And so I just, in that moment, I was by myself. It wasn't a fit of rage, but I said, the waters do not need to wear a seatbelt. <laughs> You're just railing at general technology. I don't put seatbelts over cases of water, <laughs> you most idiot. technology. Yeah. So then I walked in, and, of course, Missy's like, who are you hollering at? I said, I'm hollering at that computer chip in my truck who thinks that those two cases of water need a seatbelt. She went, that's ridiculous. I said, the chip or me? She said, both. Both. Well, the sad thing is, it's the second time you've done it. It's not like you should have well, learned it from the dog. That was my point why I brought it up. You would think at some point I'd say, oh, I've been through this with the dog food. But since it was water, it camouflaged itself and it Got me again. <laughs> Which is funny. I never thought about it, Jay, because I never had that issue. But I always put stuff in the back seat. I never put anything in the front seat. So it, I guess it's just the what back you... seat is full. Yeah, well, that's the difference the, in me and you. My back seat is always empty. The trunk with the bed liner 
is full. <laughs> so I put things in the front By seat. By the way, the more you're talking, speaking of you and mom, your embellishment tendencies, that's her tendency too. You can never put anything in mom's car because it's always full of stuff already. That's correct. Well, I have another that. job that I do. She's I, not a hoarder, but she says she has hoarding tendencies. <laughs> I mean, I, uh. I'm i not a hoarder, but I... I metal detect, and there's a lot of equipment that goes with that. Yeah, I have true. ice chests, and I always want to be, especially when hunting season get, is getting here, like I'm going to go dove hunting today. Well, I have all my my gear ready for that occurrence because I don't want to be going down the road and see a bunch of doves, and then I say, oh, I, I don't have my stuff. No, I'm ready yep. at all times. <clears throat> I'm like that during hunting season. So I, I live in that truck. <clears throat> Well, I I wish I'm leaving town, so I wish I wasn't. If you kill some doves, because I've been so hungry oh, for some. Yeah, now Al, that's it's hard to go that far down the process because uh, me and Jeff are going. We I got a little spot. I had to get permission. Yeah, and I've already I've already got got the permission. Of course, the landowner said, "Ain't no doves down there," and I said, "Well, I appreciate that, but I want to try because Jeff and I he this guy lets us detect." his field yep and uh but while jeff and i last weekend went detecting there were a lot of doves in this field so i was like hmm, this is i'm gonna call him and ask him but he's I, like they're not there and i'm like okay <laughs> i you all. have faith that they're not there i saw they're there and so we're, he's like, well, send me a picture if you shoot some. But he just doesn't believe Well, it. I was sitting on my porch in our neighborhood, and I, I could have killed a limit of doves the last few. I mean, they're, they, they're flying right across my house. I don't know where they're going to and from, but I thought, man, if I just got out here with my shotgun. It's legal to discharge a weapon. I don't think it home. is. Well, although we're outside the city limits, but yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't Let's do it in a neighborhood. that. Yeah. I mean, I know it's always easier to get forgiveness than permission, but probably not when it comes to that. Well, you know, dove shooting is pretty sporty too. You could, you know, you know, do quite a bit of popping. I don't know. That may bring bring some issues, especially in our neighborhood. We've had issues in the past. Yeah. Well, I guess everyone is wanting to know because we finished Hebrews. Correct. We and did. We had a guest in between the completion of Hebrews, and uh, so now where do we go from here? And I think. The crowd, I don't think we've announced it. The crowd has spoken. I don't think we have. So inquiring minds want to know, where do you go? Where do you go? I say we go to the book of Mark. I just opened my Bible and it fell open to right here. I agree with this assessment. <laughs> you know what really moved me about going through Hebrews was the focus on Jesus. I mean, I know the he was had a specific audience he was addressing in that. But, you know, if you're going to focus on Jesus... You're going to focus on Jesus. And there's four books in the middle of this yeah. that are focused on Jesus. That is where we fix our eyes. That's where we fix our thoughts. And even in Hebrews, that's where we, we go to him outside the camp. That's our purpose. And Jason and I were talking about it. We When we're doing a book study, because you know, we've done several now, uh, for those of you that have been with us the whole time, which all I can say is God bless you guys because you have committed a lot of time now. We're up to this is episode 550 today. Uh, that we're doing, so, and that's a lot of hours, but I know a lot of you, because I hear from you all the time, uh, have committed that time. So I'm hoping it's helping you grow. I hope it's helping your faith. And also just, as Jay said, to see Jesus. But we don't like to get into a study for too long 
before we're back to one of the Gospels because his story yep. is the best story, right? Did you have something you were going to read, Dad? It's about the sacrifice. Mark's fixing to tell us about it. The opening line in Mark is the beginning of the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. When we were in Hebrews, because Hebrews 10, 14, because by one sacrifice, which Mark's going to go into, his death on a cross, he, Jesus, has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. To me, that's the, that's the verse that comes out of the book of Hebrews. One sacrifice, Jesus' death on a cross, that made us, when we come to him by faith, 100% perfect forever. <clears throat> Correct. So you can just... You say, boy, all my past sins removed and none of my future ones are counted against me. I will follow Jesus the rest of my days and I'll go to the other side and I'll live forever. Right. Perfect forever. And Dad, you and I talked about your So when you say, you hear Sid say, well, nobody's perfect, you say, the ones who follow Jesus by faith, right. they're perfect. They're perfect. You and I talked about yesterday after the podcast um, when we were eating lunch that Hebrews is such a great study because it shows Jesus all the way back and his superiority. It already happened in Hebrews. Right. The death, burial. Mark's going to tell you from the opening line, right. the beginning That's right. of the gospel. So uh, let's, let's take a break. So I guess, Jace, it's fair to say that uh, really no subject is taboo on the unashamed, right? We pretty much talk about anything. Especially when Phil's our guest. <laughs> Well, we'll even talk about underwear. Yeah. Uh, and we do that because we have a wonderful sponsor called Tommy John. Well, uh, you spend a lot of time there. You do. Yeah. I mean, it's the closest garment to your body, really, at all times, right? Because, you know, you're, you're going to wear those underwear and you love them. I, I've loved Tommy John's before they were a sponsor on the podcast. They're breathable. They have lightweight fabric, four times the stretch of other brands. There's a no wedgie guarantee, which we like that. Mm -hmm. Who likes wedgies? Uh, they've uh, sold over 17 million pairs of underwear. So obviously, there's a lot of fanatics out there for Tommy John. They've also got a best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free guarantee. So you have nothing to lose by giving these guys a shot. I promise you, you're going to love these underwear. Go to TommyJohn.com slash Phil right now, and you're going to save 20% off your first order. So it's a big savings. 20% off TommyJohn.com slash Phil. TommyJohn.com slash Phil. See their site for details. Your wife will say, wow, when you walk by. Boom. So what, where I wanted to start, it's, it's always good to know, to do a little bit of a, a dive into the, to the authors, the ones who write the, the books. But especially in this case, they're writing about Jesus. So we did a study in John. Uh, one of the 12, you know, one of the apostles. We did a study of Matthew, also one of the 12. That's two of them. So Mark is the first one uh, of the other two that was not a direct disciple, not one of the 12. And uh, so I wanted to, there's quite a bit about uh, Mark, though, and I kind of wanted us to do a little bit of a study to begin about him and kind of where he comes from and where he fits into this uh, into this group of people. So in Acts chapter 12, it's where we first see him. <clears throat> and in the story in Acts chapter 12, remember, Peter has been arrested and he's he's put in jail and they're wanting to kill him is the plan. 
And so the people have gathered to pray for him that, um, you know, that obviously he'll be spared and nothing bad is going to happen to him. And so they had all gathered up uh, at, at Mary's house. And in verse 12, it says, when this had dawned on him, he went to. So Peter has a miraculous escape. Angels come in. The, the guards, it said, looked like they were just in a trance. And he just walks right out. The chains fall off. So I'll, I'll back up to verse 11. Peter was kind of in a trance too. And it said, he came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. So they were going to kill him. And, but God was like, no, I still got a lot for you to do. So Peter said, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John also called Mark. So this is our, this is our guy, John Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying which on the last podcast, we talked about the power of prayer. I say it's pretty powerful here. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening and said, Peter's at the door. So (laughs) she was excited and fired up. The problem was she left him standing outside. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. That's interesting. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out. Tell James and the other brothers about this. So it was a a great happening, but I I thought it was kind of amusing that they were praying for delivery, and when he was delivered, they said, girl, you're out of your mind. Yeah. (laughs) That didn't happen. So you look down at verse 25. Um, the word of God continued to spread. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. So that first time you see him, he's at this house. They're praying for Peter to be, you know, delivered. He was. And then he takes off with Paul and Barnabas. Now, we found out later in chapter 13 that he's actually Barnabas's cousin. Oh, we actually see that in Colossians 4 and verse 10. But it's really interesting about John Mark because he was obviously young uh, at this time. I mean, you know, he's too young to be a disciple, but he was still a part of the team. And uh, there's a story in Acts chapter 15. I want to read that one, too. Um when this, what happens on this mission trip. And it really, it really says a lot about human beings. Uh, look at verse 36, Acts 15. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of God and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark. So here's our guy again. He, t- he wanted to take him with him, but Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. So think about this. He's young, probably a teenager. You know, he gets he gets rambunctious. He's part of the team, but as teens tend to do, he bailed on them. He left, and Paul didn't like that at all. Well, Paul and Barnabas, now this is the team. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. But that's what happens when you mess with family, right? I mean, this is his cousin. It's like, no, we're, we're taking it. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And then he goes on about strengthening his churches. So I thought it was interesting that here are the founders and leaders 
of the church. And a few, few mistakes were made. It was. I mean, it, it, to me, it's a very human moment to show. Because, you know, we always talk about churches fighting and church leaderships and how they are. But they've been doing that from the beginning. I mean, they, here's Paul and Barnabas. You'd think if anybody would be able to, you know, not have any disputes, it'd be those two. But that's not that's not human. I mean, human beings have problems. Well, if you have fishermen, I mean, you got to remember, Jesus, the <laughs> first thing he does is, you know, the guy who prepares the way looks a little rough around the edges, <laughs> yeah. straight out of the wilderness. You've got your your brain trust is a bunch of fishermen, but where there's fishermen, they specialize in fish that have a lot of bones. And so I've made this illustration many times. When you're, They weren't highly when, educated men. When you're part of a church, especially when flawed men are leaders, even though they may be better than a lot of other people, if you try to compare, which right. is the wrong thing to do. Correct. But it's like eating fish. You know, you got to go around the bones. I mean, <laughs> we all have bony pieces to our makeup and it, and even in our theology sometimes. Right. But, you know, when you have Jesus as the focus, you know, going back to the book we're transitioning out of, and grace and Jesus as two fundamental pillars of our relationships and our organizations. I mean, that was crystal clear in that whole book. And, and to your point, Jay's from second Timothy four eleven and Philemon 24, they, John Mark rejoined the team. So, you know, at some point you don't read about it happening, but they got past it Oh yeah. and he becomes part of it. And Paul says, you know, greet Mark, my, my beloved, you know, helper. So, you know, they, they got, they, they extended part, part grace. Part of following Jesus, people got to, got to realize this. And, you know, the fundamental basis for even in our marriages is, is we're, we're compared to that in that we're the bride of Christ. And, you know, when you look at comparing that to your marriage, how you deal with problems and mistakes, that that is the more important parts of, of a relationship. And they were still all together knowing that, according to the Apostle Paul, they were ambassadors. They, they knew that. Ambassadors for Jesus, God making his appeal through them. And yeah. there's, there's all kinds of. Yeah, and look, they had knockdown, drag out arguments. Oh yeah, look, just look, we've had knockdown, drag out arguments in our family. Yep. You know, we did them every day for years. <laughs> I mean, my wife, when we were dating, every time I brought her down here, she was like, "They just don't seem like they love each other." <laughs> and I said, "No, they're discussing an That's... issue. Everybody's making a point. She's like, no, but I'm telling your grandparents, I know they've been married a long time, but I would say <laughs> that divorce is imminent. <laughs> <laughs> and we and all so, knew that that, that would never oh, happen. <laughs> I was like, babe, we were playing a domino game. They're not... <laughs> She was like, they were calling each other names. I was like, that's part of the game. <laughs> At that moment, when you're in the competition, you're not married. You don't love each other. That's and right. you're making a point about when you cut my stuff or you're trying to domino from the last person to down it, that's you are right now functioning as an idiot. You're not. You're no longer my wife. And you're no longer part of the family. And you have a responsibility to call that out. I mean, it's a duty. If if we're going to play this game for future, I mean, I know it was hard for her to wrap her head.
head around it, that we take time out and do these types of things. But it does show that we are flawed. We make mistakes. And, you know, in the domino game, it seems okay to point out those From mistakes. dominoes to destiny. <laughs> <laughs> there's, boy, that is full. You got, got a lot of going on. But there's that. also yeah. people that have way too much anxiety and have no way yep. to, uh, you know, release that but i mean you know i made a, a little small point about cutting firewood as a way not to get angry and i've had more people <laughs> you know that because I, I bump into people who listen to this these podcasts and they're like cut cut me some firewood for the first time jace <laughs> well i didn't realize that i had even said that on the podcast right. and i thought well that's a weird thing to say <laughs> as a greeting and i said okay great and they're like stress reliever and i thought oh yeah. okay i was like well Welcome aboard. (laughs) But the reason why, uh, let's take another break. So we talk a lot on here, Dad, about what ails America, because there's a lot of stuff going on in our culture that's a a lot of problems. Um, One of our uh, sponsors is a group called Patriot Mobile, and they really are in line with what we're in line with. They have great values. They build themselves as America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and they are a force for conservative values that's why we like these guys Um, they take a portion of your bill and they fund conservative causes candidates who believe in the sanctity of life freedom of speech and the second amendment and we're winning in a lot of those battles and we can appreciate guys like patriot mobile they have affordable plans for you and your family and even your business they offer the same nationwide they offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, they also support our values, and they also help veterans and first responders, which we love that too. PatriotMobile.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. You get free activation with the offer code Phil. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Phil, or call them at 972-PATRIOT. The reason why I brought that up is because a lot of times people, you know, someone will have an argument, disagreement or whatever, especially when it's church related. And they're just like, well, I just can't get past this. And, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm going to another church or I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And you're just like, wait a minute. I mean, grace extends to every situation, whether it's in the yeah. family or whatever. And I've always said, Jace, that I thought, cause I, you know, done a lot of counsel with, with married couples and man, I've seen some, I mean, you talk about some knockdown drag outs. But I always tell couples, if if you're really passionate, especially about each other, there is going to be some clashing. I mean, passionate people, that's what they do. And that's what description of us. We were passionate about mm-hmm. dominoes or the Bible or whatever. Well, you're going to have more clashes the more passionate you are. If you're just sitting around like a doorknob, you know, you're not going to be impacting what, what anybody. What stands out to me is that you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, we've covered Matthew and John, what they said. Now we're looking at Mark. What is amazing is four individuals watching and hearing what Jesus said and what he did. And all four of them are telling the same story. And someone says, well, why be that redundant just to get the message out? Why, Why wouldn't just one write it? Because if four looked at the same events, and the same person and wrote down what they saw and heard, what they're saying is that we're doing this, God's saying, 
so you can't miss it. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I want to add. I mean, it's the same story from four different vantage points, but it all g hauls. So I want to make a point to that, Dad, that because uh, you say, well, how does if Mark was young and he wasn't part of the twelve, how would he know all this stuff? So in First Peter five thirteen, Peter closes out this book and uh, says uh, he sends greetings, and so does my son Mark. And so you get the idea there that Mark, obviously, and he was also at the house member when Peter came. Mm-hmm. So so Mark had been a part of Peter's life as well. And obviously, it looks like to me, was sort of his scribe. I mean, I, I sort of see the book of Mark as being Peter's um, witness of what happened because Mark is the one that wrote down. It could be because Peter was a fisherman and needed to, you know, somebody else to do it. I don't know why it doesn't say, but that's it, I, it's Peter's view of what happened. And the reason I think that's true is because Mark was the first of the four gospels written. And so a lot of what you read in Matthew and Luke, they actually are just well, taking you figure sections that out? of that. That's yep. just, that's just historically what, okay. what most scholars have so said. So when do they say this was written? What, what are the, like most, it was probably somewhere after 50 before 60 or before 65. Most of the books were written in that same period of time, because you got to remember they're all doing the church stuff first. I mean, they're out planting churches, all this stuff is happening that we're reading about. And then as they start getting toward the end of their lives, which they don't know when it's going to come, but they've all, they've all been told by Jesus it's, it's, it's coming. Yeah. So then all of a sudden it's like, we got to get this written down. So most of the books that are written are written in that period of time. But most oh. scholars say that Mark was was probably the first thing written. Yeah. Uh, in well, terms I, of, I think I most of the things I read, they most of them said like sixty to sixty five. Right. But I mean, I'm fine. He with, didn't deal with anything as far as the the birth of Jesus and like Matthew and Luke and John on the front end. Not not so much on the birth. He gets right into it. On well, he seems which is to, interesting. Yeah, I think one of the uh, I read somewhere that one of the f- most common phrases he uses is immediately, immediately or straightway. Yeah. So it's like he cut to the chase on a little bit, which yeah. I, which I like. Cut to the I chase, Jace. Cut to the chase, Jace. <laughs> but I do think it's interesting. You know, I read that too, Phil. When I read the first verse where it said the beginning of the gospel about Jesus, which is kind of a strange phrase. It uh, is. But, you know, and I looked at that word gospel, which is evangelion. Yeah. You know, because I've made the point before. Evangelism you know, is not in the Bible. When people, yeah. I mean, then that's where they get it from, which yeah. is basically to proclaim the good news. But even that phrase I like, it's not just proclaiming good news. I mean, because I like that. It gives me the visual image of evangelion. It's like a lion proclaiming. Because they, they, you know, that word gospel was used several times in a non-religious way when, like, you would send a messenger because there was some battle somewhere, and they would send a messenger because back then they didn't have cell phones and all that we were talking about. So you would send a messenger to go declare, we won. Yeah. So it was like this declaration of the best news you could Imagine we we've won the war, and and so I do like that he says it in that essence because it is Jesus, you know. Jesus is the message, right? I mean, most people think, well, you know, because of First Corinthians fifteen, when we get down to, you know, his death on a cross and his resurrection, and you know, when you refer to it as the gospel, but it was, it, which it, all four of them made sure. 
That they was did. Yeah. But he starts off saying this, and when Jesus says the time has come, my point is, is this. Jesus could have uh, just come down and died. Well, why didn't he do that? Why didn't he just parachute in, go to the cross, being innocent? You know, yep. even as a human, he, he could have yep. done that. I mean, you. So why did he go through the whole uh, process of entering the womb, living the life, and and I think you get an insight into that when they have this conversation in the first chapter when John the Baptist, which Mark doesn't go into detail about, but this whole conversation of John saying, "Well, wait a minute, you want me to baptize you? Oh, I, you know, I you should be." baptizing me i mean you're because john obviously as his cousin right you know he he had he figured out he was preparing the way he knew who this is that's right this is the son of god actually knew in the womb as we described he knew that and evidently you'll read in the first chapter that every demon that jesus approached they knew who he was too yeah which was is kind of crazy to think about you gotta remember we can let me just finish my one thought though so so then i think in that moment when jesus said i came here this needs to be done i need to be baptized to fulfill all righteousness and it kind of hit me in my in my study before we get into mark that jesus didn't just come here to die he came here to live. Yeah, that's a good point. He came here to show us what's right, because really the ultimate power display is if you could replicate yourself. I mean, Jesus was the greatest person that's ever been here on earth. Will we all agree? Yep. yep. But then he also figured out a way to replicate himself. Well, so through his spirit, eventually we're going to get to the point out of the spirit. We get God's spirit, and then what do we become on earth? We become Jesus on earth. Well, yep. if he hadn't lived the life and we didn't have these four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, well, we wouldn't know right. exactly how to live. Yep. So I think there is the key to understanding truly the gospel is that the gospel is, that he's pro- proclaiming is important because of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point and, I was going to make. And the part is he had to slick them, Satan and his forces. He had to put the slick them to him. Because a lot of times you will read it, you know, he said. First Corinthians 2, 7. Yeah. It says they didn't know that, who he was because they knew they wouldn't crucify him. We speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God has destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. If they had had, if they said, well, good night, he's going to save the world, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That's right. However, as it's written, no eye has seen, no ears heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And Mark is laying the groundwork for that. Yeah. But, but, but that's why it's the beginning of the good news, the gospel. Right. But it's well, pretty, right. pretty but amazing I, I, what Jesus went through to get that done. Exactly. Let's take a break. So as uh, most of you know, Lisa and I have been uh, firmly engaged into pro-life movement, and we speak around the country. We have opportunities to raise money for different uh, venues. We work with a lot of different organizations, uh, which and we love the people there. They're so dedicated. And one of those is a group called 40 Days for Life. 
Uh, and they've been uh, podcast sponsors before. We really appreciate the guys, these guys and what they're doing. We've had Sean Carney, their CEO, on our podcast before. Great guy, great vision uh, for working uh, in the pro-life movement. And so now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned, uh, there's this battle that continues. It's just moved to the states. And so 40 Days for Life is a prime position. They've got a million volunteers in a thousand cities. They hold peaceful vigils outside abortion facilities. Uh, they have a large presence in blue states, with California being their largest state. So they're doing a lot of good. A uh, couple of numbers, just to tell you, 75% of, of no-show rates will happen because of these peaceful vigils. That means they won't show up to have an abortion, which is a blessing. Also, uh, 106 abortion businesses have closed in America uh, because of these vigils. So that's 45% have those have closed in states where abortion will remain legal. So we're changing hearts. We're changing minds. It's a grassroots organization. We're calling you to get involved with this group. Check out their locations, their podcast, their free magazine at 40daysforlife.com to stay updated on how abortion is ending in post-row America. That's four and a zero, 40daysforlife.com. Check them out. Well, I do think it's important when Jesus said, uh, where did he say that the time has come? Uh, yeah, his his first words that Mark records Verse 14. In, in 14 and 15. He's like, because we always go to the kingdom of God is near at hand. Repent, believe yep. the good news. And But I, I believe that, you know, when we read that, uh, when we were in Hebrews, when it says in Hebrews 2 that this salvation, which was first announced by the Lord. Yep. Remember when that phrase came up in Hebrews yep. 2? Well, yep. now that we're going back to Mark 1, I'm like, well, it looks like to me this is where he announced it. That's right. The beginning of the gospel. But I like that phrase, which I hadn't noticed before, when he said, the time has come. Yep. Well, what time? Yeah. The time for what? Right. Well, salvation. Yep. The kingdom. The Holy Spirit being poured out, all these important things that's at hand here. This is the beginning of the end. <laughs> well, right. Or the beginning. And, and the end of the beginning. Yeah. That's, that's I it. I mean, because you're eventually going to get back kind of to the same point we were having in Hebrews 13, where he said, Jesus is the same yesterday, to, uh, today, and forever. But I just wanted to note that because, you know, Jesus, what, what separates him from any other person or any other religious leader or any kind of historical figure is that it wasn't that he was necessarily speaking truth. He was saying, you know, later on, we'll see, I am the truth. He wasn't necessarily just, you know, saying I am, you know, that your representative. I mean, he's like, I am you, I, but I'm also God. I, I'm, I'm part of this plan to rescue you, and it's very good news for humanity. Yeah, that's exactly And th right. this is the beginning of it. I mean, it was quite the announcement. And Mark jumps right into the the demons and all that. The first, the first one you'll read about, you know, some, some man in their synagogue would possess, that's verse 23, chapter 1, he would possess was by an evil spirit. He cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. <clears throat> and Jesus said to him, be quiet, come out of him. I mean, so the battle started quickly as far well, as Mark's concerned. It gives me great comfort that I know 
that they all the demons know who Jesus is. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've run up on some situations before, and I'm sure other people have, where you're like, man, if this is not demonic, I don't know what is. Yep. But the fact that they all know who Jesus is, and when he told them to shut up, they shut up. That's right. When he told them to get out, they got out. Yep. So I'm like, I'm over glad and over. the one who has that kind of power, I'm on his team. <laughs> yeah. But I noticed another thing, too, that I hadn't noticed in just in Mark 1, which is, you know, we're just introducing the book here, right. so we'll go through it in detail. But another thing I'd never noticed is how much in the first chapter that everyone was congregating, like almost uncomfortably, claustrophobically, wherever he was. Yeah. Now, I know he was casting out demons and he was healing diseases and they were moving from one place to another. So it, it made me think, you know, so I studied this and my buddy called me this morning. Uh, I forgot even what the nature of the call was. I mean, we were talking about duck holes or something, but he's when he had to go, he said, he's had to go there. It's just a lot of people crowded around my office. And I said, well, before you go, remember that in Mark chapter one, there was a lot of people crowded around Jesus at all times. <laughs> and he said, well, what's your point? I said, they want you to do something for them. He said, you know, you're right. I never thought about that. I said, yeah, the power that you have, because he's a CEO and these are all his workers. Yeah, yeah, I said, yeah. they all have something that you can help them with. And I said, welcome to the life in Jesus. I said, now what you do with that power is up to you. And he's like, we need to talk about this later. <laughs> but it was funny. And then he I, withdrew to a quiet office. Well, because yeah. I had this fresh on my mind when he said that. I never thought about that. But I was like, well, why were all these people crowded around Jesus? Because they had figured out something. Oh, he can help me. Now, this is the same town, Capernaum that later on, he's going to compare to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. So evidently, a rough bunch. some of their wills and wants was not necessarily sincere. They just wanted, the, they wanted as consumers for, them, for Jesus to help them, but that didn't necessarily mean they were going to change their life character or the way they went about life, which yeah. will be a subject that we'll get into. No, that's good. Uh, one of the things I noticed, and there's that same verse that Dad read, and you're going to see this a lot throughout the book. It kind of surprised me. I, I never really realized before. I the, and this was what makes me think Peter had such a heavy influence on the book. He usually says, be quiet, said Jesus sternly. There's a lot of descriptive words about emotions in this book that you don't see in the other the Gospels, which I, I think, my opinion is, is because you know Peter was so emotional. I mean, we he's all over the place, right? I mean, one minute he's all in, the next minute I'm yeah. out. And so there's a lot of descriptions. You'll see astonished, sternly. It's a lot of description of the emotional things that are happening around Jesus. And you don't necessarily see that description in the other books. And so there's always these little nuances that are picked up. And I think it's because Peter, being an emotional man, expressed what he saw to Mark, who wrote it down, in an emotional way. Well, I figured yeah. it was because he was Sometimes young. a little detrimental. It could be that, too. Sometimes a little detrimental for him, too. <laughs> But you know, when you're younger, you're more emotional and you, you do cut to the chase, but then you're, 
you you tend to give very emotional, descriptive ways. I mean, I think about my two sons who oh, yeah. are young guys. You right, know? right, I mean, right. They tell me a story. It's like... It's, oh, it's filled with adjectives that are... <laughs> yeah, but you, your oldest son has always been like that. Oh, he was yeah. a little bitty kid. He would come up and start telling me a tale, and I was like, what? I mean, mm. it would, he would just tell the biggest... And it may it's have never... Passionate. He's he, very he, passionate. He, he's, he's passionate. It's like when, you know, one of my sons... We, on, you, guys, before you do that, let's take a break. When he tells me, okay, we ha- you know, because I had the same conversation about LSU, you know, losing in, in just such a, in, an emotional way. <laughs> well, one son who's more studious and philosophical, yep. he's like giving you the points A through E on what where it went wrong. Right. And my other son, who's way emotional, he's like, I mean, this is terrible. Fire everybody. Start <laughs> over. After one game. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> then I, so I respond like, it's early as the new regime. He's like, oh, yeah, I know, but I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> it's like I had to have the anxiety release. But don't you so, think that most time, a lot of churches, especially our church leaderships, Try to take emotion out of the equation. When we get into the Bible, it's just all head stuff oh, wow. and information. I've said that many times. Well, I mean, you've got to have some passion look, in there. I, I know religious leaders, and you know, I think they're sincere, and God love them. You know, extra grace required, whatever. <laughs> but they try to take the emotion out of worship, uh, the worship experience. Right. And I'm like, what about that passage that says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? It's pretty passionate. We're made in the image of God. I'm sure their emotions are in there somewhere. Right. I know if you only use emotions to try to find God, now that, that, no. that that's not a good way to go. Correct. However, God made us e- emotional yeah. beings. We read in Hebrews 5, Jesus himself with loud cries and tears you right. know, pro- proclaimed, and it says he was heard because of his reverent submission. We just have a wrong idea on what that reverent submission is. Well, just think about it, to, to your point, it's like a marriage. I mean, you and your spouse, you're complete because of physical, but it's not just physical. I mean, that's one part of your who you are as a husband and wife, your physical relationship. What about the emotional connection? What about an intellectual connection where you talk to? What about a spiritual connection? I mean, all of those things matter. You can't just toss out two of them. I mean, have the have the freedom, enjoyment of of having a place where people can come that covers all emotional spectrums Correct. of human beings. I mean, that's what I always say. I was like, be diverse, but uh, you know, ha- if someone is upset and they're moved, and you want to create a place where it's okay, yeah. You're, this is a good emotion. Yeah. You know, you you shedding tears. I've had times when I've shed tears in my life, and it was usually over some spiritual reason. And I needed that to say, okay, yeah. let's start over here. Let's go. I mean, there is a brokenness that does need to happen, which we realize the need for God. And look, Jesus and what he did— it is emotional at some point in your life, and you don't yeah. you don't want to you don't want to lose that. So I was in my sermon this past Sunday. I was setting the stage because Anna and Trey, who are our marriage leaders at our church, they were giving some of their story and what they're doing. That was very powerful. And so I was setting that up, and I was just talking a little bit about Lisa and I, and you know everything that's happened to us in this church and how they've been there. And so I just had a list of names there. I mean, when I put it together, I just was you know putting a lesson together. But I, when I was in front, up front, I started reading those names. These are people that had walked alongside 
Lisa and I through difficulty in our marriage. So I started reading that list. Well, I mean, you thought the lump came up in the throat, and I was like, I'm not able to get through this list. Yeah. And so, of course, Randy was one of them. He's here today. But when I started doing it, I mean, I just that emotion just gripped me because all of a sudden I just transported back 28 years in time yeah. and thought about the people that were there. Because my point was going to be, Lisa and I had walked alongside Anna and Trey yeah. in their early moments, and so here they are, you know, leading our ministry, marriage ministry. And their marriage was as bad as any I've ever seen. There's no way it could survive. Well, most of the songs we sing, you know, I'll get emotional every once while singing a song. Misty's like, well, I didn't know that song meant that much to you. And I was like, babe, it wasn't the song. It was, I'm sure it had a little something to do with it. I said, but while I was singing, I was imagining the people who have been members of our family who have died and, mm-hmm. and warriors in the faith that I was thinking about, boy, in heaven, getting together with everyone dead and alive now singing this song in this moment i was like i didn't plan on getting them it just made me you know yeah. it made me emotional because i thought this is this is what i was thinking about while i was singing well i think that's good it is good that's healthy and look the setting can dictate that a lot i remember you remember jace the the i don't know how many years ago it's been now but well it was 98 so but when uh our grandpa was in the hospital dying and it, and he's a tough old bird. So it took him a while to die. I mean, he had been like in the mode of like, you're fixing to die for like a week. And we'd all been over to see him and say goodbyes, even though he wasn't aware of anything. And so that same week, um, a young guy that worked for our church, Charlie Murray passed away at camp at 32 years old. He was the director that week at camp. Just shocking, you know, that he died just so sudden died in his sleep. And so we were having a memorial service, sort of, that it was it happened to be a Wednesday night. So we were just talking about Charlie, and it was very emotional, and, and people came in from camp. And that's when we got the word that our grandpa finally went on and, and made the transition. But I remember we were all, I think it was because of the setting, we were all so much because of what happened with yeah. Charlie, we were expecting Paul to die. But when the word came, we just all fell apart. And it was yep. just because all of that emotion was there, and it was just yeah. like it had to be released. And that's okay. It's we fine. needed it. Yeah. So I think that balance. That's why I brought up that that loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Look, I'm as you know. I try to go through every sentence in the Bible and correctly figure it out, and where you can apply it, where you can you can teach it in which you know to even clarify the first verse the reason i make so big a deal about that word evangelism it's not that i'm you know it's kind of a private joke and y'all know why i do it because it upsets me sometimes when churches comes up when they view the proclamation of jesus it's just like a program or it's something a few people do and that that upsets me i'm like oh no we're all the whole church is gathered together. This is what we do. Now, we may do it in different ways, and there's different pieces of the puzzle, that, but that is a universal daily occurrence, yeah. not just once a week. It's not a program tucked away. We try to figure out how we can share the head of our body, the person we're married to, the one God chose for us to you know, show people as his image and to rescue. And so that that was why I was saying that. So I, I, I like Evangelion way better. We're all Evangelions. All right? Great. It's not a program that we're going to do once a year, you know, for three days. I mean, this is a daily occurrence. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that on One Kingdom Sunday. We've got a cool comparison that Ryan uh, Lee came up with about from Revelation. One's Revelation 5, where we talk about Jesus as the Lion of Judah, you know, and the triumph in, in that verse is as a lion. Of course, we love that. But then you go to Revelation 12, and he, we also triumph because of the blood of the Lamb. So we have a lion and a lamb. Yeah. And our Lord. I mean, you think, I mean, the ultimate, because you're willing to sacrifice your life, but then you're also willing to rule because of what Christ did. It's pretty powerful imagery, you know? Yeah. And you see that even when John the Baptist, which is he immediately is going to go into John the Baptist, which came from our world, which is the wilderness. But there's going to be a lot of significance about wilderness when you, when you look yep. at it. I mean, there's been a lot of godly moments that took place in the wilderness and God chose that. I mean, for whatever reason to light fires under people. What but was your lesson that time from, from wilderness to from water? The water, from to the water to the, the water to the Oh, I got it ready. I will give it again. <laughs> it was not my original idea. I got it from somewhere. And, uh, it was so good though. Yeah. We may have to do that when we get on a future podcast. Cause you could also add on that Jay's from the, from the water to the wilderness to the worship. You could add that that third layer in there. I already added that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's in. Yeah, preachers love threes, then they love things that start with the same letter. That's 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 the kind of stuff that excites. We us. all go through that. You don't. You know. I mean, Jesus was quite clear. I mean, he promised. We just read the whole book of Hebrews in in graphic detail. The end result in most of their lives was persecution, difficulty, as followers of Jesus. And you got to remember, this was written in a in a period of time where Nero, the Roman emperor, goes literally crazy, and his three choices, you know, for Christians were to either put them in the middle of the circus, where they were eaten by lions, to hang them up on fences and light them on fire. Human torches. Uh, yeah, human torches, and uh, I forgot the other way, that, or, or given the wild beasts as sport. Yep. And uh, these are Christians. Yep. That's what, and, and I do feel like that that's important to remember that the message that he's pro proclaiming here if you put your faith and trust in on that time you very well likely will wind up in one of those three places yeah and that was what was facing them, no doubt well we're out of time uh we're gonna do a little bit more in overtime about the uniqueness of mark and then uh next time or sometime uh we'll we'll actually get into the full text of it so if you want to follow us over that's blazetv.com slash unashamed Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.